Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. Join host Liz Myers and her guests as they explore resiliency through the lens of personal stories. Tune in weekly for inspiration and doable life hacks to overcome adversity and thrive in life. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. Welcome back to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and I am so excited to have as my guest today, Rich Taylor. After working in the fast-paced advertising business for over 40 years, Rich realized that he was using stress as a motivator, and he has now figured out how to live life stress-free and how to turn off the switches that turn stress on in our lives. And so we are so excited to welcome Rich to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, Elizabeth. Yeah, I've been really interested to, to hear you share um, how you came to this realization of stress and what it was doing to you and, and how you overcame that. Well, you know, I, the, I remember my first year in art school, an executive from an outside advertising agency came in and said, I need some art, you know, art students to try to do one of these projects. And I wasn't one of the best students, so I didn't raise my hand, but a couple of them that were really good students raised their hand. And they told him about the project. And then they said, when do you need this? And the guy from the ad agency said, I need it yesterday. So when I heard that, see, that's standard lingo in the advertising business. I need it yesterday. Now, as we all know, it's like that in every area. But it was used to be just in the advertising. I knew I was getting myself into a very stressful business life, you know, career. And it, it approved the point. I mean, everything in this business is deadline orientated. And deadline is not a good word deadline. I mean, who wants to reach a deadline? You want to reach a finish line, a goal line, but not a deadline. Yeah. Uh, and, and stress is always the motivation. And it almost makes me think that these, these executives always sit around, wait for three weeks. Okay. We got half a day left. Let's give it to the art department. Let's give it to the advertising department and watch them run like uh, rats and squirrels and like mm-hmm. we'll get a power trip. And it's kind of, kind of true, sad to say. So I, I bought into it. I said, I'm going to go full into this thing. I'm going to do what everyone else is doing. I'm going to eat, go run, run, run. And I did it for like 40 years. And then all of a sudden one day I, I was, uh, I was walking outside my office. I, I've been in the self-help industry part of it for a long time. And I asked this myself a question. I said, like, if everyone has the information, why don't they just change their life? I mean, what, you know, what, what is the thing? If someone wants to lose weight, there's enough diets to lose weight. If someone wants to start, you know, eating better, there's enough things for that. If someone wants to learn a self-help program, there's tons of self-help. Program. What, what makes people stop doing what they're doing and revert back to the thing? And God told me it was stress. God, I mean, it was, I give God all the credit, not me. Yeah, yeah. And do you think about it? Some give an example, They're not picking on this, but just a good example, because most of us have tried this. Someone wants to start a new diet. Okay. Monday morning comes along. They have a really good, healthy breakfast. Lunch comes, they have a healthy lunch at two o'clock. The boss comes in and yells at the whole department. They get stressed out and their body says we're in fight, flight or freeze response now. Okay. The sympathetic response. So they go hit the candy machine because they need that, that instant gratification. They're coping with food or whatever they cope with. Maybe they go online and they order something online. They don't need, everyone has a coping mechanism. We call them go-tos. And so that's the thing. So you think about it, a diet or any kind of self-help program is a change of lifestyle. Well, you had that lifestyle because it made you comfortable and relaxed and gave you comfort. So you take those things away 
you just create a more stress. But if stress is the reason why you don't continue with it, you can see how that works against mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. So that was a revelation is like, okay, so, okay, you just can't go get a massage or, you know, do some yoga or, you know, walk in the park. It's all good stuff. If you believe in that, I don't do yoga, but anyway, but you need more than just stress relief. Stress relief is like trying to drain your cell phone battery while it's still plugged in. It's, it's not going to drain. So you need how to turn off the source of the stress. And the good news is people's stress is their stress. They created it so that they can have the ability to turn it off. That, that's an interesting insight. I always feel like stress comes from the outside, not that I'm creating it myself. Well, it, it, it's from the out. There's two types of stress. You're right, you're right, Elizabeth. There's lifestyle stress and then there's life stress or life events. I'll give you an example. A life event is someone you know passes away. You have no control over that. Mm-hmm. A company goes out of business, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Those are all, you know, friends move out of town. Those are all life events that you don't, you know, a child is born, you know, mm-hmm. people get married. That can be yeah. stressful. Yeah, Those even are, good well, things can cause stress sometimes. Even good things. Yeah. Those are life events, but they're not continual. I mean, now you look at people like in World War II in England, that went on for like four years. That was like four years or five years of life events. And mm-hmm. those people, it's actually been shown that a lot of the kids that got sent away in, in England, even as late adults, like in the 70s and 80s, had high level of cortisol in their body just because of the traumatic effect of going through World War II. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to the other thing is, but lifestyle stress is pretty much our own doing. The job we take, the things we buy that might put pressure on us, stress the people we, we have relations with, the people we marry or associate with, the things we watch in our life, the things we eat, all those things can cause us stress and cause us a lot of stress, but we have control over that. Right, right. Yeah. So what is your exact like definition of stress? Like when you say stress and, and living stress-free, what are you talking about? Well, I think it's it's gotten a little bit blurred. When we talk about stress, people say they're stressed out. What we're really talking about is a stress response. Our body is, God made us in a, he made us perfect, okay? And so he designed us so that if we're in danger, our body automatically switches to the stress response. You're, walk, you're out for a nice walk. It's a nice afternoon. It's a beautiful day. You're totally calm and relaxed. You turn the corner and there's a big, vicious dog growling at you. Well, your body, your brain will automatically switch from the what's known as the parasympathetic to the sympathetic response. And that's the fight, flight, or freeze. It automatically says, hey, it, it floods the body with stress hormones. It changes the composition of our body. It takes energy from our stomach. You're not worried about digesting that breakfast burrito or, or rearranging your house. All that, It's all done to just get you out of danger. So you're either going to fight it, flight it, run away, or freeze so you pretend you're, you're not alive so it doesn't eat you. Those are your three choices, pretty much. And it's automatic. It's part of our autonomic nervous system. And God, God designed us that way, you know, so, you know, and it only lasts really normally no more than three minutes in going through the ages, because usually within three minutes, you either lunch or you got away and weren't lunch Mm -hmm. or something like that. So, but it's really our stress response. Now, the opposite of that is our parasympathetic and not to get caught up in it, but if you really want to know the, the opposite of that is it's called rest, digest and restore. We're supposed to be in that response 
99.99% and maybe your whole life. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the opposite of the stress response. But we know we aren't because the world is very stressed out and the choices we make are very stressed out. So when we're in a constant state of stress, it's called chronic stress, and that does horrible things to our body. Physically, emotionally, causes depression, anxiety. It could significantly lower immune systems and uh, create illnesses that may have been dormant your whole life to come to fruition. It happened to my dad. My dad had a job where he was working in a very high stress job. And he kept coming home every day saying, I'm doing a job of a much younger man. I'm not, he was in his early fifties. And he said, I, I don't, I don't know. This is very stressful, but my dad was an A plus guy. And he turned the agency he took over from like number 400th in the country to like number 14. Within two years, he had serious cancer and almost died. You know, probably would have never happened if he wasn't stressed. Thank God he went through a lot. He went through a lot of tough times in treatment, but he lived the age of 94. So we're very thankful for that, Mm -hmm. but uh, we're not designed to live that way. I give one more example. It's like you go out to your car and you put it in neutral and you just let it idle. That's rest, digest, and restore. You put your foot while it's in neutral on the accelerator and it's revving at a very high rev. That's fight, fight, or freeze. You know, if you do that for a minute, it's not a big deal. Might even be good for the car. Mm -hmm. But if you do that continuously, that car will break down really, really fast. Yeah, I I think we all too often get stuck in that fight or flight mode where, like you said, we're not designed to stay there. But right. I, I know me personally, I've been in that situation where I'm like, I know I'm not supposed to stay here, but I can't turn it off. Uh, so I really like your subtitle about, you know, turn off the, the stress with the flip of a switch. Tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what, what are you, when you talk about switches and what does that mean? Yeah, stress switch. I, I don't know if we've we coined a term or whatever. I believe God gave it to us. A stress switch is a person, place, or thing that causes you stress. Okay. I'll give you an example. We, in our book, Stress For You, it we have 108 stress switches listed. Okay. And I'll give you the number one stress switch. We, we, we deem this the number one. It may not be number one for everyone, but it's number one. We call it news blackout. What you should do is don't watch the news. The news is all bad news. Yep. And this is back before they took sides and became propaganda machines for both. And look, I'm not picking on either side, right or left, up or down or Mm -hmm. all that stuff. They both do it. They find that, okay, very example. I'm old enough to remember before there was 24 hour news. I think it was was 1986. Now it's more of a marketing gig. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and before the 24 hour news cycle that CNN came out with, I think is in 1980, I remember watching the nightly news the nightly national news is 30 minutes. That was it. Take out commercials, maybe 18 or 19 minutes of real news. Mm-hmm. And so now they have 18 or 19 minutes of real news. They have to make it last 24 hours. And they know that they also need to engage people. So what they do is they don't just, they just, I mean, it, it's all bad news to start with. And it's all very stressful if you think about it. Mm-hmm. So now they take it up another notch is, okay, let's keep them engaged. How do we do that? We create sides. Okay. You know, the liberals have their news outlets and the conservatives have their news outlets. And there are people, Elizabeth, that binge watch those news things 24 hours at the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed, that's on, even if they're not watching it, it's still on. Mm-hmm. And they think that that's like normal. Okay. And now, and I talk to them and some of these people are like, they're just mad all the time. Yeah. And because now, like, 
you know, you can't even, I wrote all that. Remember you could talk about politics with someone and they would respect your opinion. Mm-hmm. Now they get like really angry. And it's because these news outlets enrage people. If you enrage them, you engage them. Okay. Their goal is to sell advertising. And if they have the eyeballs, they're going to set, make a lot more money on their ads. So that that's just what it comes down to. So don't look at something that's going to enrage you. And another thing is, if that's on in people's homes and all that bad news and people yelling and screaming at each other, we're all concerned about with smoking, secondhand smoke. It's a big thing. Mm-hmm. With this thing called secondhand stress, kids are walking around in that home. They're absorbing that. We all know more is caught than taught. So kids are absorbing this. They're, they're absorbing the parents going like, oh, I can't believe that guy's still in office. He should be thrown out and all that kind of stuff. You know, and we're angry at the TV. We're yelling at a box that's manipulating us. That's a stress switch, number one. Mm-hmm. So if you turn it off and don't consume the news in any fashion, you're not stressed out from that. It's amazing that one alone, the people, the reports we get from people, how it has just relieved stress in their life. Yeah. yeah I've got to the point where I don't <laughs> hardly ever look at it. It's, it's a toxic environment, like you said. And I, I just thinking of like a fish tank where the water is poisoned or harmful you know, as the fish swim around in there, they absorb that and that affects them physically. And um, I really like your point about secondhand stress because, you know, when you're around a person who's stressed, there's kind of that vibe or that energy. And I'm a person, just my personality, I tend to absorb the the stuff of the people around me. So I tend to just absorb other people's stress and take it on as my own too, which is, you know, in addition to what I'm, I'm already dealing with. So how do you, what are some other tips that you have for how to turn off these switches? So obviously one is turn off the news. What are right. some of the other switches that we can flip to conquer stress in our daily lives? And just real quickly, what you said about absorbing stress, you know, that's, that's because you're a caring person. Yeah. That, that, it's, it's not because you're a bad person. You're a caring person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the doctor that works in the, the, the surgeon works in the uh, operating room they know they're going to have to live with patients not all surviving. So I'm sure after the first couple ones, they're devastated. Mm-hmm. But after a while, they get hard. Well, you're not hardened. That's good. You have a sensitive spirit. That that's that's what we're supposed to be about. Another one is we call Seventh Haven our number, our second one. That means at least 12 hours a day. It should be at least. It should be no more than eight. Disconnect from work. Now everyone's working. I've been working virtual for the last 20 years, but a lot of people are doing it now. And even before they leave work and the boss is emailing or texting them at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. And you're somehow conceived that perceived that you're weak if you're not like always on, you know? And so you can't be always on. First of all, our bodies are not designed for that. If you look at the way God made the thing, the world, there's daylight for a certain time of year, only eight, hours, sometimes longer. Well, that means we're not supposed to be working when it's not daylight. Yeah. So I'm using an example. And obviously in the winter, there's less because you can't grow crops in the winter. So that's why God made it that way. And in the summer, you work longer because you have more daylight. God's so smart. He, he, he already designed that, but we're like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And I've, Hey, I've been doing this myself. I did it wrong for a long time. 11 and 12 o'clock. I'm, oh, I'm really going to impress this client because I'm emailing them at one 30 in the morning. They're going to think, wow, Rich gives me really good service. Yeah. No, I'm really stupid for all the email. I'm 1130. And I should be in bed with my wife. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, that's not what you're supposed to do. 
if there's an emergency that happens, that's no big deal, but not always trying to impress people with your always on, because if you're always on, you're never off and if you're never off. You'll always eventually burn out. Yeah. So yeah, we call it seventh haven, at least, at least 12 hours, preferably eight, where you just no email, no text messages, no phone call. You're there to rest, digest and restore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's helpful to just schedule blocks. I've tried to do this. I haven't been successful to schedule blocks of time. Of, I'm going to handle email, you know, during whatever time I schedule. Right. And then whatever's not handled in that time, we'll have to wait. Um, You know, I try to just scan my inbox for fires to put out. But I think that's another thing where technology is both a useful tool and kind of a a curse in some ways. Now that we have our phones attached to us 24-7, people expect to be able to get a hold of us at any time. You know, when I was growing up and the phone was connected to the wall, you know, you could go to the bathroom and not worry about answering the phone or anything. But now it's just people feel like they have the right to have access to us 24 seven because of the technology that's available. And yeah, sometimes it is convenient to get a hold of somebody quickly or at an odd hour. But but just like you said, then we never have that downtime from it. And that can also create and induce more of that stressful atmosphere. And create a lot of anxiety. And 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 I know that whole thing about, you know, being on th- uh, always on. I remember, you know, 10 o'clock at night, I'll get an email. My wife and I sitting there watching a movie and well, I got to go take care of so my wife will go, Oh, like, like, think about it. Mm-hmm. What's more important. My wife or that client, yeah. unless it's a real emergency, I mean, real emergency, mm-hmm. my wife's more important. So I, I'm to tell people I did this wrong for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't do that anymore. I mean, it's like, when I'm done, I'm done. And people, yeah. your clients or your bosses, or our customers will respect that. They really will. They have more respect for you than just being a slave to your job. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, my pet peeve is people who try to do business with me on Sunday. <laughs> and so I just don't answer till like Sunday night or Monday morning. And, but then they just, you know, that sets the expectation of, Hey, you're not necessarily going to get a hold of me on the weekends when I'm having family time, I'll, I'll get back to you Monday morning. Uh, and if we do that, then that's just what they come to expect from us. They don't worked, expect yeah. that immediate response, but it's so compelling. Like you get the thing and it's, I feel this pressure of, I need to answer this, you know, be, and just being, you know, to turn that off and to, to release that obligation from ourselves is a challenge. Yeah. I've worked at a lot of clients that aren't believers and they know, I make it clear that I'm a believer and they all say, well, I know you got a lot going on and I want you to get this done, but I know you don't work Sundays. Cause I tell them I don't work Sundays. Mm-hmm. I don't work. And they all say, they, it's funny. They repeat it back to me. I say, I know you don't work Sundays, yeah. but can you get this done on Saturday? But I know you don't work Sundays. So yeah. we just, it's up for us to, I mean, Chick-fil-A, you're familiar with Chick-fil-A, yep. highly successful fast food business. I mean, think about it. People, when they're into town, when there's a Chick-fil-A, they'll go there just to get food because they like it so much. Yeah. They're not open on Sundays. They would make a lot more money if they were open on Sundays, mm-hmm. but their owner, their Christian company, and they're like, you know, we're doing good enough. We don't need, we need to be respectful. Mm-hmm. And so God will bless you. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. money, chasing money. And I can tell you from doing it for a long time, chasing money is like chasing the wind. You never catch it. And it all it does is exhaust you mm-hmm. and um, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, one more, one more stress, which I give you yeah. um, say, say uh, a couple's there talking and the husband or the wife says, Hey honey, I just got this new, possibly for a promotion, or I got this new job I could take. It's going to double our salary, but I'll double or triple our stress load. Most people say, well, let's take the money. Don't do it. 
the, the stress is not worth it because what will happen is you'll be so stressed out. All that extra money you're going to make, you're going to end up spending it on your go-to to relieve the stress. Mm-hmm. And you're going to look back and say, yeah, I made 30,000 more last year, but we spent 40,000 on fun stuff. And I don't mean fun is not necessarily wrong, but mm-hmm. that fun you're spending is just to relieve the stress. Right. Because when we're stressed, our body automatic after a stress event, our body automatically says, give me pleasure, give me carbs, give me something. And it's because we just drained our body of all this energy and it, it needs to be replenished. And our fuel that our body runs on is glucose. Mm-hmm. Everything we eat turns into glucose. Some things turn into it faster than others. If you eat some raw broccoli, it's going to take a while to turn into glucose or, you know, like certain fats like an avocado. But if you eat potato chips or French fries or cookies or cakes or bagels and stuff like that, it's going to turn into it like really fast. So when we're in a stress response, our body uses a tremendous amount of insulin for fuel because it's like I said, it's like putting the accelerator down and our brains hog it all too. So after that's why we feel after we're stressed out, like where's, where's the carbs, where's the sweets, where's the ice cream. And so we're not bad for having that craving, but instead of trying to feed the craving, just get rid of the source of the stress. Then you won't have the craving. Then you won't eat those bad things. Instead of saying, instead of saying, I'm not going to eat those anymore. Okay. Now you're even more stressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've noticed that after, you know, if you have a surge of adrenaline for something, right. you know, then when it's over, like I'm super tired, it, you know, it's like a, a superhero who's done something and then they're weak afterwards. Right. <laughs> it drains you just your deplete, body. You drained it of glucose mm-hmm. and that's the fuel our, our body runs on. Yeah. And another thing about that is, is that we all heard of cortisol and people's like, Oh, cortisol makes you gain weight and stuff like that. Yes, it, it is a fat storing hormone, but it's not designed for that. When when we're in a stress response, our body creates cortisol. The cortisol is to mobilize the glucose in our blood system so that it gets to where it has to get to fast. And that's all it's designed to do. But if you're in stress all the time, it's constantly getting moving the um, glucose around. So it's not supposed to do that. So that's like you're, you're connected to this pump that should only be on if you're stressed out. But if your whole day is stressed from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, your high cortisol levels are or your cortisol levels are high and you can exercise, you can eat right, you can sleep right, you can do all the things you want, but people may still gain weight because their cortisol levels are high. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. So get rid of the source of the stress, turn off the stress switches. And hey, an amazing thing happens. Your cortisol levels are low because you're not stressed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how you're connecting like our thoughts, our emotions, and the physical aspect, you know, there's spiritual aspects as well, because that's a big drum I like to beat is we tend to focus on these things in isolation and they're so interconnected. And I know I was struggling with some recent health issues, you know, and I, everything I look up online, it's like, well, stress can contribute, stress contributes to every kind of physical thing. Like you were mentioning, it's always like reduce stress, but nobody ever tells you how to do that. I'm like, it's not like I wake up and go, oh, what can I stress about today? And, you know, it's always the usual things of, you know, meditate, do yoga or get more sleep, you know, simple things like that. I like that you're giving us practical tool, you know, like turn off the news, disconnect from technology and email. Those are much more doable things than a nebulous, oh, just be less stressed. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it used to get me so mad when people said, just reduce your stress and then you'll be fine. And they're right. But, you know, the stress relief, like I said, 
is those tactics are walking in a park. That's a great thing that release stress, but it's like trying to drain the cell phone battery that's still plugged in. You're still, you're, you gotta read. If you don't eliminate the source, Mm-hmm. then all those things are just band-aid approaches yeah it makes you feel good temporarily water through a colander you know it's yeah. just going to keep oh oh yeah and and the go-to thing i want to talk about i know people their go-to because they're so stressed out chronically their go-to is not good and, and what i mean by that is i'm not going to get into the really really bad things i know people that go to shopping you know they'll order stuff online that they don't obviously they don't need mm-hmm. and it keeps coming it keeps coming because they get that slight bump in their dopamine levels mm-hmm. and you know, and that's why they're doing it. But the problem is now they get into debt. I mean, Elizabeth, most people who are in debt, not everybody, some people have had some, some things happen. That's not their fault, but most consumer debt is because of stress spending. It's go-to. If you get rid of the stress, you know, look, a four-year-old knows who gets a dollar week allowance. They can figure out within a couple of weeks how to handle their money. If they spend that dollar at the store they don't have a dollar for, for the rest of the week. If they borrow a dollar from their brother or sister, now they have to pay that brother or sister back their allowance next week. Four-year-olds can figure this out. So why are all these educated people, adults, in debt? Stress. Yeah. That's the reason why. And their inability to, no one can handle stress. So people say, I can. A lot of men. I know you have a lot of women, but a lot of men will say, oh, I could handle stress. You know, no, you can't. It's like, can you handle, if I threw you a ball of fire, yeah, you could maybe like toss it between one hand and another temporarily. Mm-hmm. You can't handle It's toxic for our body. Mm-hmm. So you can't handle stress. You got to turn it off. And like I said, we have 108 stress, which is a given no, a toxic friends. Do we, or rela- or relatives, do we have friends or relatives that are toxic? Most people do. Are you uh, hanging around with them a lot? Some people do. How do they leave you feeling? lousy and stressed out. You got to, you got to set boundaries, healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. for that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There are, there are just so many. And I think even if they don't get the book, just take a sheet of paper, write down all the things that cause you stress and really, and maybe even have your spouse or people in your family or friends tell you, Hey, you know, Joe or Sally, this is when you do this, you're stressed out. No, I'm not. Yeah, sure. That proves it. You know what I mean? And I do want to get to the spiritual component. Yeah. Uh, As a believer, as a Christian, the number one impediment to my spiritual life with God has been stress. Mm -hmm. And when I was able to, God revealed this to me. And when he showed me how to eliminate it, instead of me sitting in church back before the pandemic and thinking about all the things I got to do and think about this and I got to pay this bill and do this, and I'd be stressed out about everything. Now I get to go places with God that are just, it's just awesome. It's just wonderful because the stress isn't there. And I just, I'll go put on some instrumental worship music and just lay down and just go to places that with God, it's just, I never went before. And it's not because I'm this like super spiritual person. It's just that stress will keep you from It'll, it'll give you a bad relationship with God and it'll turn probably open doors that, you know, you don't want to have open spiritually. Um, but it getting rid of it, it'll, it just opens the floodgates and it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So do you feel like you live hundred percent stress-free now, like all the time, or is that just a goal that you. Approach? It's my goal. If as the saying goes, if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. I would say before I learned this, I was at, I was, it was not good. I was at, I was maxed out a hundred percent. I would say most of the time I'm in the five to 10% range. And I'm, I still work as in the advertising business. I have 
I have a pile of work that people want to have me finish by the end of the day today. But you know what? They're going to get it when I do it correctly. Just because they impose a deadline on me that may not be realistic, that's not my problem. Maybe they didn't wait. They waited too long or something like that. I give my clients 120%, but I don't stress anymore. It's like, it's, I used to, I used to hold it all in. Like you were saying, I used to like hold it in. Now it's like, I'm going to do the best I can, but God didn't, you know, God made us human beings, not human doings. Mm-hmm. We're not robots. We're not supposed to be just be go, 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 go. From the moment we wake up to the moment we collapse in bed at night, you know, I'm in my mid sixties, Elizabeth. And I can tell you that I was just thinking about it this morning. I remember when my kids were still like little crawling on the carpet. My kids are in their 30s now. I can guarantee your your viewers one thing. If you live a stressed out life, your life will be a blur. And someday you're going to be laying there with your last moments on on earth before we go into eternity going like, where did it all go? I never got to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's sad. That's really sad. And and we have a chapter, one heavy chapter in a book called That's It. And it, it talks about this guy who lived his whole life like that. And ended up being in a really nice hospital room because he had a lot of money and his whole family's around with him. And it's like, this is it. Yeah. We, we talk about, yeah. So that, that's, that's not how we're, God didn't make us that way. Right. When we're all stressed out and focused on all these other things, then we're not available to enjoy the moment that we're in or what he's given us in the here and now. Yeah. I can't tell you how many meals that I've eaten fast because I had to get back to work. Yeah. You're supposed to eat when you're stressed because when you're stressed, all the blood comes out of your stomach, goes to other places. So now you're going to have digestive issues. But when you're stressed, you need to eat because you want to replace the. So just don't get stressed. Yeah, it's a vicious yeah. So cycle. many, so many, yeah, so many uh, intestinal or um, digestive issues people had is because they're stressed out. Mm-hmm. That's why. It's to get rid of stress, and guess what? I don't take. Oh, I'm. I'm. Thank God. I'm in my mid sixties. I take zero medication. I have a lot of relatives that are my age or around my age that have a, every day they have morning pills and middle day pills and pills before I go to bed. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So thank God. So it sounds like you didn't make a major change to your life, like quit that career and, you know, go into the mountains and retreat and be a hermit or something. Right. What I'm hearing you say is you just changed how you approached the things that came at you. Um, do, you don't necessarily feel compelled to answer every email immediately or respond to that particular deadline. You handle it in a way that is healthy for you. Right. And as my co-host, Matt Rush says, it's not about doing more. It's about doing less. Mm. Okay. And, we always and, want to and, do more. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but if you do more and more, that turns us into morons. You know, I mean, that's what we talk about um, in a funny way. But, uh, and there's always more money or more of this, more of that to make. And, it's at the end of the day, it's like, how much do you need? Like my wife and I, we've considered like we've, this is our third house we're in. We consistently downsize our home. Why? Smaller mortgage means to have less to take care of, small electric bill. It's just like how much, we're just empty nesters now. So we've gone from 2,600 square feet to 1,700. Now we're under 1,500 and we'd live in a small little cottage if we could find one. So we don't care. Just we don't want that stress of having to pay that mortgage every month and the higher taxes and all that kind of stuff. The house we're in now, we bought from this lady says she needed a bigger, she had two kids and they're really nice kids. She said, I need a bigger house because I'm all stressed out. I need more room. It's like, no, you're stressed out because you're stressed out. You're just buying a bigger house because as a symptom, 
soothe the symptom, not, you know, cause, you're just causing more of a problem. Right. But anyway, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people aren't educated on how to get rid of the stress. Just like I was telling you, I was Googling, they're like, lower your stress. So I think we do just kind of try different things, you know, like this stuff you mentioned, shopping or eating, or, you know, it can even be alcohol or other things. Or I know for me, sometimes it, it was exercise. You know, if I was really anxious, I go for a run and I just run it off. I It's literally a fight or flight feeling. So I would either run or I did a lot of like uh, combat you know, uh, MMA kind of stuff. I was like literally fighting or, or, or running. And that like, I don't, I don't know how it works physically, but it felt like it was burning off all the negative energy that I was storing up. No, that's actually a very healthy go-to. We talk about our book, there's healthy go-tos and there's unhealthy go-tos better not to have a go-to, but if you have to have a go-to, you could, you could do the alcohol, the drugs, or people have all kinds of things that they do you know, or you can have a healthy go-to, which means you come home, you're stressed out, you organize a cl uh, closet, you clean I've out a drawer, <laughs> you wash your car. Okay. Yeah. Um, I clean you, when I'm angry. I guess that's a good habit. <laughs> I, I'm going to say when I was stressed, I cleaned too. Uh, and that's actually a good sign. There's three types of three levels of stress we come up with. We call it control mode, chaos mode, and collapse mode. If you're in control mode and you're, you have a stressful event, then you're going to come home and do something to bring control back in your life. You're going to do the clean out the closet or clean the drawer or wash the car or, or clean the sink or something like that. And you feel better after that. Okay. You did something positive. Mm -hmm. And it's so, yeah, you had a stress event and you did something positive. And then just the, the exercises, when we're stressed out, all these stress hormones get dumped in our blood system. Well, if you didn't actually fight that tiger physically, okay, you're, you're given all this rocket fuel to fight the tiger. If you didn't fight the tiger and you go home and just start watch, you know, binge watch Netflix, you got all that fuel stored in your body. That's why exercise is a great way to burn off like the adrenaline and stuff like that. Sweating will do that too. It literally sweats out of our body. So what you're doing, and that's a good sign. If you if you use exercise or you do a control thing, that means you have minimal or low stress. Okay. If people who in chaos mode, they're in that all the time. They, they have a hard time telling the up from the down, the right from the left. And when stress hits them, they're already stressed out to start with. And they, they, things just get chaotic. Collapse mode are the people that have been in chronic stress their whole life. And when they hit with stress, it's like, it's like they just, it just pile drives them down. Yeah, down. Yeah. You know? And it's sad, but those people, they just can't read our book and get better. They're going to need a lot of people to help them and support them mm -hmm. and, and get, get better from that. Yeah. The chaos mode is kind of like someone has a, um, how should I say this? They scrape their knee and it's sore. And every time they, they, um, they rub that, you know, they put a pair of pants on jeans on and every time they rub that, that scrape, it hurts. Okay. Well, the stress is like the rubbing mm -hmm. and the pain. So they're feel, still feeling pain because they're still doing something. So what they have to do is stop doing that thing that's causing the pain mm -hmm. and it will heal on its own. And the last thing I want to talk about is that Stress is like, it's a tangible thing. It's energy, okay? Our bodies store energy and it's a commodity. Just like if I have $100 and I, at the beginning of the month, I have $100 to last me the whole month. First day of the month, I go out and I blow $100. I just spent my whole, I spent it all. Well, stress is, is an energy and our bodies will store it. And if it gets stored, it doesn't come out. Does that make sense? Unless you stop the source come from coming in and then stress relief tactics, then they work. 
But our best people that are stressed out from when they were five years old have that still stored in the body. And we know from this thing called epigenetics, my grandfather was in World War I. He was in France fighting and stuff like that. And there are things in epigenetics that a relative of yours, two generations earlier, could have endured something very stressful and it can still affect later generations. So it's really fascinating. It's not to be messed with. So uh, stay away from stress. <laughs> yeah, well, I have read that even, you know, in situations with trauma, that our bodies, our minds process trauma differently than other memories. And it actually gets stored in our bodies and can, you know, result in physical ailments and physical pains that mirror the, the psychological ones. Absolutely. I have a kid when I was in junior high school, this kid bullied me and never really physically bullied me, but like just just taunted me. And I was a shy, the shy kid that didn't want to get in trouble. I would biggest thing is I didn't want to get in trouble. Maybe because I was such a lousy student, I figured at least to have good conduct. Or something like that. <laughs> and you know, to this day, when I think about that guy, it like, it, it could take me to a place where, you know, I hope something bad happens to that guy because he, I mean, I'm, I'm over exaggerating, but for a long time, I would, I would, it would raise my ire just thinking about this, this kid that did it to me. And the result was he came from a tough home and probably his family was, a you know, had a lot of, a lot of bad things going on. He was bullies are not bad people. They're people that are just in bad situations that absorb it, that then just dump it on somebody else. So when they say don't bully, well, yeah, you shouldn't bully anyone, but what's the source of the anxiety and the stress that the bully is just passing on to the next person. So yeah, just saying no to bullies is great what's going on in their home. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. I need to back that up a little more. So I'm interested in, um, in your intro and in your bio, you said that you realized that you're using stress as a motivation. So I'd like to, for you to tell us a little bit more about that. Cause I'm thinking maybe I do that sometimes too. I'd like to hear what you have to say about it. Well, back to the deadline thing, stress, like stress is a great motivation to get things done. And I'm going to clarify in a minute and, and everyone's using it now you know, the boss comes in, we need it now. Parents use it to the kids. Hurry up or you'll be late for school. Hurry up and do this. Get your homework done. You know, it's all based on the fear of failure. That, that is the result. If you don't do it, you fail. Mm. It's like someone has their back to a cliff and if they don't succeed, they're going to fall off the cliff. So stress will get things done, but you won't do them well. You'll get it done to get it done. And I'll give you an example. In our bodies, when we're in a state of rest, digest, and restore. We're in the parasympathetic. We're using the cerebral cortex part of our brain, which is for emotions and rational thinking and problem solving. It's how we're designed to run. And when we're in a stress situation, a stressed environment, our body automatically switches, like I said before, to the part of the brain called the amygdala. It does it automatically. So when you're in the amygdala handles fight, flight, or freeze. Okay. So it's, it's great at fighting or running away, but it's not good at solving that problem. It's not good about getting that project done for work. It's not good for doing your homework. It's not good for working on your relationships with your spouse or your kids or your family members, or it's not great for like, how do I figure out this financial mess that they're in type of thing or this problem, or should I do that? So when people are in that state of stress, they're thinking from the wrong part of the brain, mm -hmm. the old saying, my God, have you lost your mind? Well, in a way they have, yeah. they've lost their mind because they're out of the right part of the mind into the part of the mind that's all designed just for survival. Mm -hmm. And when you're in survival mode, you only think about one thing yourself. Mm -hmm. People in survival mode are naturally self-centered people. 
because they're backed in a corner. And all I can think about is like, how do I get out of this mess Mm -hmm. type of thing? So using stress as motivation gets things done, but not done well. And it burns people out. It exhausts them. It causes all kinds of depression, anxiety. And like I said, it used to be just in the advertising business. And now it's parents use it, teachers use it. Everyone uses it, you know, and, and even like, you know, you go on a, a place to buy something online, only four left, only three left. You better hurry up. You're going to miss out. Yeah, you know, you want to buy a house. Scarcity idea. Yeah, it's a scarcity. It's called FOMO, fear of missing out. It's mm-hmm. huge, you know, and they, and, and here's another thing. Salespeople know that and they use it all the time. You want to know what salespeople do. They get you stressed out. So you're not thinking from the right part of your brain and that you react instead of respond. Mm. So that's that's a tactic of a salesperson. They come, oh, you're a beautiful house you've got, Mr. And Mrs. So and so. Oh, what a wonderful job of your kids. And then they they transition that into getting you like, well, you have to do this because if you don't, you're gonna miss out. And I stressed you out with all this sales pressure. So now you're thinking from the wrong part of the brain, so I can take advantage of you. <laughs> I kind of just blew up the whole sales thing in, in one shot there. But that's so that's why high pressure sales walk, the only thing you have to do is walk away. If there's a salesman putting pressure on you, you'll most likely will make a big mistake. Yeah. I'll save you a lot of money just knowing that. I, I heard somewhere that most people make purchasing decisions when they're deciding to buy something, they make it emotionally rather than rationally. And I'm like, right. I don't know that that's true, but that explanation that does seem like, you know, literally thinking from the wrong part of your brain, you're not using the rational part. Right. Um, so I can yeah. see how that, that could be there. And that's why I have my wife, who's a little more high energy than me. She'll be like, we need it. I'm like, no, I'm not. Well, we're walking away. Well, I'm walking away. I'll think about it. And I usually don't act because every time I have, I've always, always regretted it. There's not one time I haven't, I have not regretted it. Mm -hmm. And I think most people can probably see themselves in that same situation. Right. Yeah. My husband's really good about being able to walk away. I'm, I'm not, I'm like, Oh, but you know, I fall for all, even if I know what they're doing, I still fall for it. Because you know, you're sensitive, you're sensitive. We've already decided you're a sensitive human being. And that's why men and women are together because Mm -hmm. we complement each other. Mm -hmm. Because it was all about the men to be like, you know, We'd be like a military camp, probably, <laughs> or homes. And thank God it isn't. Thank God women bring a lot to the world. So, what do you use as motivation now? If since you've reduced the stress, you're still in the same work environment, right? What's your motivation now? That's a really good question. I don't have that motivation anymore. I don't need motivation. Um, I don't need it. I and I throw back for 25 years. I was the art director of the Get Motivated Seminar. And we had massive events in every city and we'd have, we had five or six former U S presidents and celebrities and worldies. So I know the motivation business really, really well. And I met a lot of them too, but I don't have motivation anymore. My motivation is to get up and if you want to call it, just do what I, what a God tells me to do and live my life with the goal. My motivation is what in my life brings love, joy, peace. So I can have a sound mind. That's my goal. My goal is not to make money. You know, love of money is the root of all evil. So I don't, that's not my focus. So my goal every day is what can bring love, joy, peace, so I can have a sound mind in my life. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't fit into that paradigm, it doesn't belong in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Kind of 
a similar thought, but the way I, I word it is living out the purpose for which I was created. That's when Absolutely. I feel most fulfilled. And also wanting to work with excellence because we're working as unto the Lord. And I, you didn't mention that, but I, you know, you said earlier, you give your, your clients 120%. So obviously, you know, tr producing a good product and doing good work is somewhere in there is a motivation. <laughs> Right. And, and, and back to the, I remember, I gave an example. I remember one of our salespeople when I worked in Connecticut, he had an office in New York City and I was waiting for the printer to bring the, his business cards. And, um, you know, he, he left to get his train. And then right after, like five minutes after that, the printer came and handed me cards. I grabbed the cards and I took off running. I ran probably close to a mile full speed. And thank God I'm always been able to run. And I literally got to the train station just as he was, just like in the movies, just as he was going on to the train, I said, Jim, here's your cards. And I know he looked at me like, what a weirdo. You know what I mean? And I, I did. I gave him these cards and I walked back feeling like I made, I, I did it. I made another deadline. But like, was it worth enduring all that stress? Yeah. I mean, I still give excellence because actually I think, and I'm not trying to brag, but since I've I've gotten out of the stressful mode. I used to like get the job done, send it on to the client and they would always find like mistakes. Now I like, I do the job and then I look over the job because I'm not stressed out and I find the mistakes myself. And then, so I'm sending them a better project than me being stressed out. So yeah. I think everybody wins. Yeah. I, for me, it's hard to produce something creatively when I'm in that stressed mode of like, part of, you know, what I do with writing or, you know, if I'm, I'm putting something out online, it's uh, more of it is actually thinking than the actual writing part. And I'm like, right. I can't, I'm not in the right headspace to think of the thing I want to say. <laughs> and uh, so I understand that more now with you talking about the shift in what part of your brain you're using. Uh, you know, there's definitely like a, an atmosphere where creative people can work better than others. Aren't you surprised when you're taking a walk or taking a bath or taking a shower then all of a sudden this flood of creativity comes in. Have you ever had that? <laughs> oh yeah. And you're, I've got and you're like, why everywhere. in the shower? I don't have a pencil to write this down. You know, like this, <laughs> but yeah. th that's, that's why it comes then. Cause you're, you're in rest, digest and restore. Your brain is fully reset back to the creativity mode. If you take a bunch of people and put them in a boardroom, we need to come up with some creative idea and you're all staring at each other, trying not to say something stupid. So they're all stressed out. It ain't going to work. You have them all go out and play Frisbee in a the park. They'll probably come up with 50 ideas in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. it, it's all, it's in our environment and how we do it. Yeah, pressure, pressure, pressure. Only it's great if you're a piece of coal, it'll turn you into a diamond, yeah. but we're not meant to be under pressure like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, similarly too, I know when I'm working on a problem and I just can't get it. Sometimes if I just put it aside, you know, and just even just go to bed or what it will come to me at a random time. Like you said, when I'm in the shower or taking a walk or whatever, then I'm like, Oh, I know how to fix that problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't do anything financial after like seven o'clock at night. Cause one time I literally wrote a check to pay my rent. This is a long time ago, pay my rent. And I added it to my checkbook instead of subtracting it. Oh, no. and, you know, rent's a lot of money. It's it. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, boy, I got a lot of money. I would go buy some stuff I wanted to buy. And I ended up bouncing a check to my credit card company of all okay. places. Cause I'd have the money in my account to, to cover it. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I did that. I was tired <laughs> and I was yeah. stressed out and I don't do stuff. I just, I'll wait till the next day. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And going back to what you said earlier, a lot of people are working from home now and that kind of blurs the line of when do we stop working sometimes, you know, cause 
there's times when I want to get back to what I'm working on, you know, after dinner or whatever. And I need to kind of say, no, you know what, I've done enough for today. What's left can wait till tomorrow. But sometimes that takes discipline to not go back to work because it is right there in my home. You have to set now in my business, like my wife will ask me like, how much long are you going to be? Like until I finish it, because I'm, I do projects, Mm -hmm. but there's sometimes I can just stop at a certain time. And, but you're right. It makes it a bigger challenge, but how many, how many, uh, parents, when they're reading their kid, their bedtime story, have their phone and they're looking at the phone while they're reading their kid, their bedtime story, you're stealing from your kid. Take the phone, leave it in the other room. Mm -hmm. Don't be looking at email. Don't be text messaging. Don't go on Facebook. Spend the time with your kids. I can tell you as a parent who their kids are in their thirties, I would love to have more of that time back with my kids. That that is that it only happens once. There are only two once, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And this thing about staying connected all the time. Yeah. And it is a more work-life balance is a much bigger challenge because of so many people working from home and I've been doing it for 20 years. So I already know it, Mm -hmm. but you just got, you have to set boundaries and okay. Your boss, what happens if your boss is one of those overbearing people that sends you emails or text messages at midnight, stuff like this, how do you handle them? This is what I suggest for what say it's, you start them, you cut them off at midnight. The next week you cut them off at 11. The next week, you don't respond at 10 and you keep working your way down until five o'clock or six o'clock or seven o'clock. And after that, you'll train them. And guess what? They'll respect you much more for that. And you'll be much more rest, rested. You'll be much more in control of your thoughts. You'll be a better employee. You won't burn out and you'll actually succeed better than just being a slave to your job. Yeah, I love your approach to to these things. It's different than what I've heard, but it makes so much more sense to me than the other ideas and concepts I've heard about reducing stress. So I've learned a lot. I would love to keep talking, but we're out of time for today. But please uh, tell the listeners about your book and your podcast and where they can find you and connect with you if they want to learn more. We've got this uh, very simple looking, I'm going to get the paper out of here, book cover here, Stress For You. Mm -hmm. And it's done this way on purpose because my co-host and I, Matt, and co-author Matt Rush, we're not experts in stress. We're experts at living the stressful life. So we figured out how to turn them off, but it's not a heavy scientific book. It's something that an eight-year-old can read or an 80-year-old could read. And by two or three hours, it's got a lot of great stories in it. It's an easy read. Mm-hmm. We also do the Stress for You podcast. It comes out on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Thursdays and Sundays without the Stress Free Minute. And uh, you can reach us at stressforyou.net. And on there, we have a free stress test. If you want to take a free stress test to see if you're stressed out, go there at stressforyou.net and you can take a free stress test. Yeah. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And I know I've learned a lot today. I know our listeners have too. And uh, I'm going to go get the book to read the other (laughs) stress-free points because I think I need them. And uh, hopefully listeners will too. I will put those links in the show notes so that our listeners can just hop right over there and uh, get a hold of more of your wisdom. Thanks for it's on, and just uh, the book is on. You can get it off our web. I mean, it's linked on our website, but it's also on Amazon. Amazon. Our, All right. Book. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure listening to your wisdom. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's been an honor sharing it with you. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with Liz Myers. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by the guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. To learn more and download your free guide to Liz's top 20 Resilient Life Hacks, go to resilientlifehacks.com. 
Subscribe now so you never miss the life hacks you need to live the life you want.